0: Have I been talking about Rodgers that much? Is this
1: something that I've been doing to the point? In Chicago, and he's doing this. I mean, that is what Bobby the Brain Heenan would call a ham and egger move.
2: What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They they have a real shot to get to...
1: And now, broadcasting live and local from the 98.9 The Game studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. Larry
3: Bird, the hick from Salt Lick. Yeah, hick from French Lick. Whatever. And
4: Eric Fry. I have honestly no idea.
1: It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game.
3: uh, Good day to you out there. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game ESPN Radio. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry along for the ride, and we're here bringing a sports talk for the next hour here on ESPN Radio, local sports talk, as we'll have some local basketball to talk about from last night, girls basketball, and we got some boys basketball tonight, we got the Battle of Cromwell tonight, it's Altamont versus Cumberland. This evening, So we'll be taking a look at, at that matchup, as well as all the other matchups that are coming up uh, this evening as well. And we also got some uh, stuff that's going to be voted on by the IHSA, some news and proposals. We told you about that uh, a while back, but it's actually going to be posted and up for a vote. We'll tell you more about that, including the D word districts yeah. for football that we'll talk about. As well, coming up for a vote in the next IHSA meeting. Of course, we'll be hitting up on that NFL game from last night, the doozy of a primetime game that we were had the pleasure of viewing last night with the Bears and the Vikings. We'll hit up on that, of course. And of course, it's a Tuesday, so that means it's a Illinois Tuesday as well. We get to talk about, hopefully, for the final time, put it to rest, Illinois football will not be having a bowl game, and their season came to a close on a Saturday, and we'll talk about it, and you want to stick around for that. I got a couple of things to say about that, and mm-hmm. I'm sure Eric will retort uh, with uh, getting ready to uh, start the petition to fire Coach Bielema, uh, but we'll talk about that coming up, and we'll also hit up on uh, some uh, college basketball as well. And take a look at Illinois' uh, win that they had against Western. And we'll see whatever else we can get to here in the show. And if we don't get to it here in the Trussell Show, we'll get to it in the podcast in some sort of uh, fashion. So you can find that pod wherever you find your favorite podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, the website at is also a good tool as well and it's not just a good tool to find our podcasts other great features there are local sports of course local news and a trading post and all that our wonderful website has to offer all right so the best thing that we can offer to you is a good sports talk and that's what we need to talk about and we need to get it started and we need to jump started with first things first before we get into the show
1: Things first,
3: And of course we're starting off in a Monday night of uh, football because the Bears last night and uh, by hook or by crook some way somehow the Bears pulled it off there and they ended up winning against the uh, Vikings and it was a riveting game well we all thought it would be 12 to 10 was the uh, final score there as the Bears did not find the end zone a, a single time. As they win this game somehow without scoring a touchdown. And the Bears won it 12-10 thanks to uh, Santos, uh, game winner. Third 30-yard field goal with 10 seconds left. Yeah, what an ugly game.
5: <laughs>
4: it wasn't pretty. Not at all. Quit putting the Bears in prime time. We can flex this out, right?
3: Um, I mean, I think when we get... Closer towards the end of the season, I think Sunday night games can get flexed out. I don't believe the Monday night games can get flexed out. So, uh, that's unfortunate uh, part of that. But, um, you know, uh, the Bears did stop a 12-game NFC North losing streak, including they lost six in a row to the Vikings. So, uh, the losing streak's over. Well, that's good. So, that is good. That's good. I guess if you want the Bears to win. Monday night football
4: flexing maybe use the NFL discretions for weeks twelve through seventeen. And that would have been this week. Yep. But we gotta keep Justin Fields in
3: prime time. Yeah, no. see if he's the guy. Did anything no. anything you see no. last night convince you otherwise? I mean, not really. Um Uh he was two hundred and seventeen yards. 27 of 37. Uh, he was sacked three times, but had a whopping QBR of 41.9, if you believe in that. I mean, Joshua Dobbs was worse. 19.3 QBR, as uh, Dobbs had four interceptions. That was uh, pretty putrid Therefore, mm-hmm. for Dobbs. 22 of 32. And it didn't even break 200 yards, as he did find the end zone. Uh, One time to uh, T.J. Hawkinson. Thank you uh, for that. Uh, For that, uh, 50 yards. He only had five receptions on six targets, but he did find in the end zone there, and that was the only touchdown in the game.
4: Yep. (laughs) And again, the Bears' defense, Travis, I thought played really well. They did. They deserve to get the win. Um, Yeah. When
3: you cause turnovers like that.
4: Yeah. Unfortunately, your offense just is nowhere to be found. No. Now, at least they got D.J. Moore involved to the Bears' offense. 11 catches, 114 yards, including that big one that set up the game winner. But
3: I didn't really see the the stats of how many passes that were actually thrown down the field, but there's just a lot of short passes and yeah. screens and whatnot. I mean, that's one of the big reasons why you don't have – the big offensive numbers there for the receiving core besides DJ Moore. Yep. That was really it. I mean, his longest was that one completion to uh, 36 yards, and I think that was the one that was setting up the game-winning field goal mm-hmm. there at the very end. Uh, but, I mean, DJ, like you said, 11 grabs, 114 yards. Yeah, only two drops. 13 targets. It's fine. Yep. Uh, Justin Fields did uh, fumble the ball a couple of times, yep. so uh, the Bears had turnover problems of their own, but fortunate for them, the defense was forced in turnovers of their own, so uh, that kind of gets glossed over mm-hmm. just a
4: little bit. Um, so it, It's just, it's this Bears team is bad, Travis. And as know. you mentioned on yesterday's show, what is the point of winning? there's no real point. There's no real point. You need to
3: keep losing because you need to get the one and the two. Right. Or at least, you know, whatever you want to do with that first pick. You know, if the Panthers keep losing, you'll have the number one pick again. Right. And you could potentially use that for Caleb Williams if you want to. Or if you think Drake May is the guy, whoever you want to select, at the quarterback position, but you can't let the pick go farther down. You could end up trading Justin Fields, obviously, if you take uh, Caleb Williams and could jump back into the top five, but you can't get away too much from that top five pick because I don't think you can let Marvin Harrison Jr. There are other wide receivers out there that you could take.
4: But none as electric and as star-making as Marvin
3: Harrison Jr. Yeah. You can't let him get too far away. No. Because the further you get away from the top five pick, the Cardinals are going to grab them. Yep. Somebody else is going to grab them.
4: Well, him. whoever has – I feel whoever has the two.
3: The two, yeah.
4: Is going to is going to get them because they're going to miss out on Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. And I know the experts really like um, the quarterback out of uh, Drake May. Mm-hmm. Say he's probably going to be in the top three, but – I, I would go wide receiver next myself. Um, but Charles. before we move on from this game and the, the absolute, the fact that you win this game if you're the Bears, it's just, I know we've heard this so many times. Well, they're not intentionally trying to lose. Well, no. But you got to be smart and realize what position you're in. Now, the only difference would be if the coach felt like he was coaching for his job. And I think Matt Eberfliss knows his job is over at the end of this year. Yeah. So, I don't know why maybe to stick it to the organization. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But, Travis, I have to mention what DJ Moore said after this game. Oh, yeah? Did you hear this quote? I didn't didn't see this, no. So, after the game, he acknowledged that the offense has struggles. So, what did he say? Mm -hmm. Winning is contagious. Yeah. Shut up. We don't want to win. True. Why are you winning? Well, I mean, if you're in the locker room, you, you're you not going to just give up. Okay. But, Travis, that is the kind of thing you come out and say when you've been on a roll for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Not when you won a game and didn't put up any touchdowns. Yeah. You don't come out as a wide receiver and go, winning's contagious. No. You should be thanking your kicker and buying him a steak dinner. And you should be buying your defense a steak dinner. Yeah, And you should be praying your lucky stars that you face Joshua Dobbs and not Kirk Cousins. As much as I hate Kirk Cousins, and we know Kirk Cousins in prime time. hmm This Bears team is just a complete laugh show. I think, Travis, and I'm going to say this, I'm a Bears fan, the worst-run organization in all of football. It's got to be up there. It has to be. I'd say it's competing with the Raiders. But that's about it.
3: Yeah. Commanders. Maybe the Panthers. Commanders are pretty
4: bad. Yeah. But just the... The Panthers have or the Commanders have been bad. But they haven't had mis like missing on people. Yeah. Like the Bears have.
3: Yeah, no, that's true.
4: And and they've just been a bad football
3: team. <laughs> they are. No matter what their nickname was.
4: Yes. Travis, they just won the division like three years ago. Yeah. Just saying.
3: Yeah, I mean, who hasn't won the NFC East in the well, last that's true. decade? They trade it all the time. They do.
4: So, yeah, right now, as you said, the Bears have Carolina's pick. That would be the one pick. And then their fourth, their their pick would be four. So, again, I don't know what you do right now. You're two and a half games out of that one pick. You're three or a game and a half behind New England for the third pick. I think you got to stay in the top three if you want to get both Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. Now, if you're 100% committed to Justin Fields, fine. Then you use the first pick on Marvin Harrison Jr. and you trade the fourth somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But I'm not 100% sold that that is what they're going to do. And I'm not 100% sold that they're convinced Justin Fields is a guy. Yeah. And this is what happens when you have wishy-washy management. Because we could have made this decision a year ago when we were sitting there with the number one pick.
3: When I thought that they did.
4: I thought they did too. I thought they were when fully they, committed to Justin Fields.
3: Yeah, we you trade away. Yeah. The number one pick. Got a receiver. Yes. For To help uh, him. Fields, when you had the opportunity to pick Stroud or Bryce Young.
4: Yep, and you didn't. So. And the Stroud picks looks even worse every every day <laughs> that goes by.
3: Yeah, Stroud looks like a stud.
4: Yep. And you look like an idiot every so day. Much. Well, but Bryce Young's in Carolina. Let's let's be honest. Carolina's a,
3: <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. They're looking for a coach. They are. It's hard to be a good player when you have no coach to help you.
3: Jeff Saturday's still on first take, so no oh,
4: man, he's not getting the call.
5: No. Nope. <laughs>
4: I just uh, I don't know what the Bears are doing, and I don't think they know what they're doing, and it's just pitiful. I, I think that they, at this point, do you bench fields? No.
3: You can't bench fields because if you are still trying to kick around the idea and decide what you want to do with them, you have to see what you got.
4: I think at this point, you have to make up your mind. Yeah. there's You've kicked around enough. You've kicked tires enough. You know what you have in Justin Fields. He's a runner first, passer second. And is that going to get it done in the league? I said it last year, Travis. Mm-hmm. He is a runner. Put him at running back. He'd be a great running back for the Bears. He's not a quarterback.
3: Yeah, and the uh, rushing yards record yeah. for the quarterback.
4: Yes. But that's not what this league's about. We've all thought a couple years ago that the Ravens were going to revolutionize. And Harbaugh, when he came in, yes, I said that word. Out in San Francisco, where it's going to revolutionize the NFL with the read option and with the wildcat, and it hasn't stuck. It doesn't get the job done in the NFL because your quarterback gets hurt too much. You're paying those guys way too much for them to be running around like that.
3: Uh, it's just about every other, uh, you know, trend in the NFL. Eventually, when a new thing comes along, it, get, it works for a while, but then eventually you get more tape on it, and mm-hmm. then defensive coordinators will get smart And start to figure it out and start figuring out the tendencies and whatnot. But I
4: also feel that owners and general managers are saying, I don't want this quarterback I'm investing millions and millions and millions of dollars in taking hits on every play. Because whether he hands it off or he doesn't, he's going to get hit probably. Mm -hmm. You don't want your star guy getting banged up.
3: Yeah, and quarterbacks and people in general are getting hurt more and more often yes. these days. So
4: Justin Fields' quarterback style does not fit in 2023 NFL. It just doesn't. But the Ravens are leading the AFC right now. They are. They're the number one seed. Yes, but Lamar has not been running it as much. He's been passing more. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. I'd have to look at the stats. Scrambling away from pressure and designed runs are two different things.
3: They are. I mean, he's ran it 112 times. Second most on the team. And he has almost as many yards as Gus Edwards with about uh, 20 or 30 less carries. Okay.
4: But Matt Eberflus is not John Harbaugh. No. Who's been doing, the Ravens are the one exception, Travis, because this has been their offensive style for eight years. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're paying Lamar Jackson to do.
3: But are they going to have something else in common? They're going to have a rushing quarterback, and are they going to have a Harbaugh coaching them? They could have exact the mirror images of each other with the Travis, Ravens. Don't. <laughs>
4: Even if so, even if John Harbaugh comes in as is going to be the coach of the Bears, he's not going to want Justin Fields. He's going to want to pick his own guy. I'm sure. Whether that be Caleb Williams at one, or whether that be the third round and getting C.J. McCarthy out of Michigan, who already knows.
3: Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, as much as I think, I do think that Caleb Williams is a little overrated. But I do. I think that he's better than jj mccarthy and i think that would <laughs> coach harbaugh
4: would want uh caleb but again we've heard caleb williams say depending on who has the pick he will go back to school all right then just go back to
3: school and then lose to less superior competition and you're lucky you don't have to face illinois next year <laughs> who does ufc have on the big Ten schedule next year like penn state Caleb Williams, if you want to come back to school it's just because you don't want to play for a certain team. I'm not going to Chicago.
4: They haven't is, had a good quarterback it in. It is a lot of pressure. It's so much pressure because everyone. It's kind of like the being. Oh, they
3: got to play at Michigan.
4: It's kind of. Yeah, without Harbaugh. Penn they're going to be nothing. It's kind of like being the quarterback in Cleveland, Travis. You're expected to carry the franchise, you're expected to be the saving grace. The one thing we've been missing this whole time. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pressure on a young kid. Yeah, it is. And I wouldn't want it because it requires the rest of the team to be good, and that Bears team is not good.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. you definitely
4: have a weight of an entire city. And again, the offensive line is not good for the Bears, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about is Justin Fields the guy. No one's mentioning the offensive line. No one's mentioning the running back or lack thereof that the Bears have. Mm-hmm. It's just as Justin Fields the guy.
3: Foreman was out last last night. I think so. Exactly my point. Well, I mean, that's not Fields' fault that his running backs can't stay healthy. No,
4: but it's not his fault that because he doesn't have healthy running backs, we're going to cut him loose. Yeah, he hasn't had a good team around him since he was drafted.
3: And the biggest thing this year as well has been the the play calling and whatnot, which
4: is out of his control. It is.
3: So that's just uh, another layer that I keep hearing about. Of is it Fields or is it because of the play calling from at,
4: uh, I, the offensive coordinator? I think it's a little bit of both. It both is. can take the blame. Yeah. This is just, a, again, a poorly run organization. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Uh, the Bears won't lose next week.
3: I can guarantee that because they're on a bye. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings are also on a bye as well. So are the uh, Ravens. Uh, there's a lot of teams on bye. Bills, Raiders, and the Giants also joining those teams that I just mentioned there. Uh, week 13 will start with the in Dallas against the uh, Cowboys and Seahawks. We squaring off there, nine-point favorites, Dallas is. That
4: seems like a lot, but, yeah, All right. Uh, before we move on from the NFL real quick, Travis, and the Bears specifically. Mm-hmm. I know you kind of alluded to it, so I'm going to get it here on the record. Matt Eberfliss, does he make it to Detroit next week? Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think a loss last night would have propelled him to not but mm-hmm. with the win as ugly as it was he will be the coach through the rest of the year. Yeah, I think for the rest of the
3: year for sure. They're not going to make any moves A yet.
4: Big game coming up though for the Bears Travis in 3 weeks when they take on the Cardinals. That could be huge for draft pick positioning. <laughs> right. You got to lose that game. Yeah. You got to lose it. That'll be on Christmas Eve. Got to lose it. So A Christmas present for the Bears fans. There you go. Losing that game to the Cardinals.
3: Yep, and improving your draft stock. Absolutely make it happen. All right, so uh, let's uh, get away from uh, NFL football. We still got some uh, football to uh, talk about, but it's the high school level with uh, some proposals of being up in the IHSA meeting for a vote, including districting for football. So we'll talk about that, as well as the local sports from uh, last night, local high school basketball. On of the way here on the starting lineup.
1: The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back.
2: The elves have worked hard all year, and Christmas Eve is finally here. A package ready for every girl and boy, and tonight it's time to deliver the joy. The reindeer were eager as the elves ready to sleigh, but Santa noticed it needed cleaned in the worst way. It had sat in the stable for almost a year and lost all of its luster and most of its cheer. Santa thought, Rudolph, he saved us before. He'll know who to call, of that I'm sure. Santa went to Rudolph and asked, what can we try? We must not let the children down. It's almost time to fly. Rudolph nodded. He knew what to do. He hitched to the sleigh and off he flew. With the new pressure washer from Crossroads Truck Equipment, the sleigh was sparkling in under a minute. The trip was a breeze, the sleigh so clean and bright. And when they stopped in Effingham later that night, Santa cheered, Christmas was saved, so quick and efficient. Then Rudolph gave a wink to his friends at Crossroads Truck Equipment. Will they find a home?
0: Sponsored by GEICO. Sarah wants a yard. My own little paradise. Brad, however, hates yard work.
6: The only thing I hate more than cutting the grass is paying someone to cut the grass.
0: Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle home and car insurance with GEICO. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Sarah and Brad found a great home with a yard. A very, very small yard.
6: Time to get it done.
2: And I'm done. Bundling without compromise at GEICO.com.
3: Isn't that aroma just heavenly? What's with the whispering? Inside this grill
2: is the secret to winning game days. Mm Mm-hmm. Eckridge smoked sausage, crafted with a perfect medley of spices for a truly rich, savory taste. So easy to prepare, too. Now, hand me one of those buns. Oh, whoa. Keep your voice down. Marty, you're still whispering? Secrets out, buddy. Eckridge.com has dozens of simple, mouth-watering recipes for everyone to win game days this season.
1: And now... The starting lineup. With the five wins, I think they'll have enough playoff points. This is Marty Stock at first plus with some money saving ideas. Start with a great on ninety-eight nine the game.
3: Welcome back in into the uh, starting lineup on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio. And uh, let's talk about uh, some local sports here. And uh, let's uh, first uh, start talking about uh, some local sports uh, from uh, last night. As we have some local basketball going on, uh, some local girls of basketball. And a game that was over on our sister station at Jack FM. And it was a battle in the NTC and it was Altima. Coming away with their second victory in as many conference games. And they won this one over Dietrich 66-40-5 uh, was the uh, final score there. Altamont got things going there into the uh, first quarter. It was back and forth in the early going with the Maroons and Indians. But Altamont eventually pulled away there at the very end and ended up leading by 19-9 after one quarter. Uh, Dietrich tried to chip away at the lead in the second and third quarters, uh, but really in that second quarter, Altamont put up 21 points, and they did that with the three-pointers uh, there. They really started to get that game uh, going as uh, you know, the three-pointers were really starting to fall because they were working the ball inside and out, opening up the three-point line. And so that was uh, nice to see that the three-pointers were falling. Last night for the Indians, and I think that's really one of the uh, uh, big differences uh, there because, I mean, uh, a lot of things were similar in mm-hmm. the way of uh, turnovers and whatnot, but uh, the three-pointers were a little bit of a difference uh, there and ended up winning there by double figures and uh, going away. Uh, Dietrich did pick up a couple of points there late in the game too. Uh, make it a little bit closer. So they didn't give up there until the bitter end, Uh, but it was ultimately Altamont uh, picking up the win, and I thought another uh, good team effort and another good effort defensively
4: uh, as well uh, for for Altamont and another nice win. Yeah, uh, another nice win for the Altamont Lady Indians, and, you know, this is a team that is still, I think, learning to play as a team. Mm -hmm. And last night was a big step in that direction with an NTC win over Detroit. And uh, Dietrich, uh, they had some
3: uh, foul trouble. As uh, Britton, she was in foul trouble pretty early on, and she was the MVP of the CHBC Thanksgiving tournament. Mm-hmm. So they had to uh, play without her for a little while in the first quarter and in the first half in general. Uh, but, uh, you know, she ended up leading the team with uh, scoring with 17 points, and that was the only girl double figures for the Maroons. Uh Meinhardt was right there with the eight, and Niemurg had a six. Uh, But uh, too much for the uh, Maroons was uh, the Indians. Uh, Of course, Grace Nelson paced the attack. She had 31 in the contest, and Klein was close to double figures. She had nine points uh, there. And one player that didn't show up in the box score was uh, Libby Reardon uh, there, but she was back in the lineup, and she pulled down some rebounds and really was – Think kind of the the focus of that inside outside game to open up the three pointers. Uh, there she's been missing the last couple of games, but uh, back in last night uh, good, good, there, good. Um, it was also in the NTC. It was a St. Anthony picking up the win over Ocoee Valley, and it was a seventy-two to thirty final score as St. Anthony jumped on them early. They led twenty-six to seven there after one quarter of a play, and then uh, they took the uh, 46 to uh, 13 lead at halftime, and uh, they were kind of on cruise control uh, from there. Nancy Ruhall led the way for the Lady Dogs, 30 points, almost a double double, nine rebounds there. Uh, Von der Heide was also uh, close to Ruhal. She had 23 points in the contest, but she got a double double uh, as she pulled on 18 rebounds in uh, the uh, contest there for the uh, Bulldogs. Uh, there, so St. Anthony now six and one on the uh, season. Uh, there, it was uh, Brownstown and uh, Saint Elmo getting the win over South Central, sixty-seven to uh, forty-three. Brownstown got it going in the first quarter; they led twenty-four to fourteen. They also outscored uh, South Central twenty to six in the second quarter, and uh, they also put up twenty-one points in the third. And so. Only three in the fourth quarter, but they built up enough, big enough lead at that point there. That they didn't need a lot of points in the final quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hazlitt led the way for Brownstown. That's Diana Hazlitt. Uh, Williams also was 19. Seaball was 17. And Miller with 10. So four out of the five in double figures there for the Bombers. And Webster led the way for South Central. She had 22 points in the uh, contest uh, there. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was uh, Nioga getting the win over Windsor Stusdraws and that one was a 61 to a 56 score as it was Nioga who was the one who had to come back in this one as Windsor had that 15 to 11 lead after one quarter and then they held the uh lead there 33 to uh 25 at the half but Nioga comes back strong. They're in the second half, outscores them in the third and fourth quarter to pick up the uh, come-from-behind victory. It was Osborne and Campbell really leading for Nyoga. Campbell, she had 23, and Osborne had a 22. No other girl close to double figures. Richards was close with seven. but That was the only one that was close to Campbell and Osborne. Uh, Kinkler led the way for uh, winsor's two straws. She had 15, uh, Sam Hayes. Had a 13 for the hatchets, and Mathis had 12 double-figure scores there for the hatchets. But uh, Nyoga coming away with the dub there, and it was uh, North Clay getting the win over Vandalia, 67 to uh, 41. There, it was in the Little Line. It was Mount Carmel getting the win over Flora, 61 to uh, 28. And also, we had uh, Cumberland pick up the win over Casey 41 to 29 was the final score there. With Cumberland getting the dub, Cumberland led by 10 after one quarter, 13 to three. And uh, they kind of built that lead slowly but surely. After that, uh, there for the uh, Lady Pirates, mm-hmm. looks like uh, Shoemaker led the way, she had 11 in the contest for uh, Cumberland. And no players were in double figures there for Casey. The highest score there was a Shull with a six, actually, more at eight uh, there. Missed her. Uh, but that's important because Casey, that's the team that Altamont will be facing on Thursday in their next matchup.
4: So looking forward to that one. Also important in that, in the big two high school sports of football and basketball, Casey and Cumberland now tied one apiece. So they'll decide that next Tuesday when Cumberland hosts Casey. There you go. And and on
3: the boys' basketball side. So there you go. Break the sports tiebreaker. That's right. Uh, Lincoln Prairie Central A&M picks up another win over Arcola. uh, 46-38 Central A&M off to an amazing start. This season, Arthur Ocock Christian over Unity Christian, 48 31, and Arthur over Oakwood, 51 41. It was a St. Joe Ogden over Tuscola in Central Illinois conference action, 61 to 247, 47, or involving Central Illinois teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Payton over Shelbyville, 50 2 37. And in the uh, South Central, it was a Greenville over Nicomas, 49 to 26 was the final score of their action Uh, for uh, today in a girls basketball. We got Oblong Pauhud. They're back in action or Dietrich's back in action. Uh, They're hosting Oblong uh, Pena. They're also back in action and they'll be taking on Cowden here at Beecher City. They're in Cowden. Apollo Conference action. We got Charleston and Mount Zion and FEM at Taylorville. Uh, Muhammad will step out of conference, but they'll be taking on Bloomington Central Catholic. Uh, Lincoln Prairie, you got Arthur hosting Moreau Forsyth Sullivan at Decatur and St. Teresa, Tri County hosting Marshall, uh, Vandalia is at Ramsey, Athens at North or hosting North Mac, and Litchfield at Williamsville. And boys basketball action uh, tonight. Uh, in the NTC, you got St. Anthony at Salem, Winsor's Two Straws at Sullivan, Sisney hosting a Dietrich, and the Yoga is at Cal Herrick Beecher City. And uh, the game uh, that is the battle for Cromwell, the Cromwell Bowl, it's Altamont at uh, Cumberland. And we got coverage for you on both stations over on Jack FM mm-hmm. and Eric Live coverage over on WCRA 995 1077 1090 AM. WCRA Indians Pirates Cromwell tonight. Yeah, in yeah. Cumberland.
4: Always good to see you up there at Cumberland. Travis. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I, it seems like I was just there.
4: I know because I know. was because you were. <laughs> uh, this will be. A, I'll be honest, Travis. This will be a tough test for the Pirates tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked about it all season long. This Pirates team is young. They're inexperienced at a varsity level. They're getting it, but you're going up against a team that has that experience and in the Altamont Indians, and, and, you know, that's just going to come with time if you're Cumberland, and, and unfortunately it's still early in the year. Yeah, definitely uh, still trying to figure things out at the
3: varsity level uh, there for sure if uh, Cumberland wants uh, any chance, I think, of pulling off an upset uh, tonight. I think that from what I saw on Saturday, just cutting down on the turnovers mm-hmm. for the uh, Pirates. Uh, There in uh, uh, Altamont Just riding that wave of uh, defense
4: That they had last Friday Which again is not a great recipe If you're Cumberland with inexperience Facing a press Mm -hmm. And we know Altamont likes to press And is very successful at it
3: Absolutely so uh, we'll see what happens uh, Tonight looking forward to uh, the Indians Pirates matchup this evening And uh, in the Apollo conference I just noticed That I had Casey at Casey but it's Casey at Effieham ah. this evening, and uh, Charleston is at the uh, Toyota Danville Classic in St. Joe. And uh, the uh, uh, Paris Tigers hosting uh, Lawrenceville and LIC action this evening. So uh, you can check out uh, all of those scores on the website, effiemradio.com. Click on our local sports tab. Uh, there and before we leave a local sports realm uh, we had uh, some ihsa proposals that'll be going up uh, for a vote in their next ihsa meeting but one of the uh, biggest ones is one that we mentioned uh, a while back i think maybe about a month ago yep uh but that the district District is going to go back up for a it was proposed, and now it's going to go up for a vote along with some of these other proposals. Yeah, so well. this is
4: all voted on by the schools uh, starting December 4th, going through the 18th. Then the ballots are expected to be tabulated, and the results posted on the 19th. Of course, the IHSA, so dates are always a little iffy with the IHSA. Um, and the votes, man. The votes. That's... Hey,
3: it's... You just got to get a simple majority. Well, I mean, it's just difficult to tabulate
4: the votes oh, yeah. coming in. Yep. You know. And these go into effect July 1st, whatever passes. So, mm-hmm. we will have to see. The big one is is districting, like you said. Um, the other one is the preseason scrimmaging for football as well. We talked about that one as well. That's one of the other big ones um, mm-hmm. as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm Intrigued.
3: And definitely an intriguing because as far as I understand that if these proposals are passed, they would be going into effect July in July, which would mean district things coming for next year for next season. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mhm. So all the schedules mm-hmm. that have already been made. Toss out the window.
4: Oh man. Toss it out the window.
3: Wow. I would I would at least think that maybe you'd go at least this year since uh, the schedules have already been made up. Not
4: everyone has schedules made up. I guess so. but It it, it just depends. If you are someone like Cumberland, for example, you really don't care because you're a closed conference. Yeah. Whereas if you're someone like Effingham, who has to find a lot of non-conference games because they don't have enough in their conference... I would I would pleasure having districts next year because I don't have to work on finding those opponents. Unless well, of course I've already put in the work the and opponents I have them lined up.
3: Yeah. The opponents have already been found. So and potentially another thing is I just want to go to Mount Carmel. I just want to go to the snake pit.
4: <laughs> Gonna miss out on it Gonna again. Gonna miss it out
3: again. Miss Get out robbed. again. Get robbed. Yep. Get robbed. But yeah. Maybe eventually I'll have to make it down there at some point, I guess, but well, what I may not be covering a game. What I,
4: what I will find interesting, Travis, is if the districting passes, how long until we get reclassification of schools? Is it a two-year process? Is it three years, four years? What is the process of a school going from two to three or four to three or whatever the case may be with population? Is it a yearly thing? Because that's going to be – a nightmare every year. Yeah. So you'd almost have to do th- two or three years in advance. But I don't know right now it's a two year cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that. Right.
3: So uh, we'll have to wait and see on the uh, voting process uh, there. And we'll be getting uh, some of those in uh, towards the end of December, mid December, there with yep. 18th, 19th, and uh, stuff Circle like that. Circle the 19th. So, so we'll definitely uh, be
4: representative about voting
3: for about four weeks from now is yep. when we'll see that. So we'll be uh, getting ready for uh, holiday tournaments and the holiday season, and could uh, we'll be talking about uh, districts. So. Uh, That is what's happening in the world of IHSA and IHSA voting process. And we'll come back after we take this short timeout and we'll return talking about uh, some Illini sports, Illini athletics, Illini football. Won't want to miss it coming up next here on the Star Lineup.
1: The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back.
3: (laughs)
6: <laughs> you shouldn't let financial concerns spoil your retirement and you shouldn't have to worry about what you'll leave for your family after you're gone if you set up a tax-free inheritance for your loved ones with single premium whole life insurance you can drop your worries and enjoy your retirement contact your local pekin insurance agent to request a single premium whole life quote and in effingham call Tingley insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you.
2: Imagine the possibilities with the Topless Estate Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home,
4: see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around, talk to your friends, You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel and Effingham, equal
2: housing lender and member FDIC.
6: How would you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want? I'll have an old fashioned.
2: I'll have a margarita.
6: Now you can with the Bartesian Home Cocktail Maker. Bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button. Choose from over 50 different cocktails, from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today. You'll always get freshly mixed, perfectly balanced cocktails with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. And now, get Bartesian's best holiday deal ever when you go to bartesian.com radio. Entertaining? The Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best holiday deal ever. It's available right now only at bartesian.com/radio. That's B A R T E S I A N.com/radio. For Bartesian's best holiday deal ever, only at bartesian.com/radio. And now,
3: and I also asked, Coach, what can we expect from the FEM hearts this season?
2: Well, I'll tell you what, it's um, it's ironic. I was talking with a couple people about that
3: earlier. Uh, it would help
1: if I played the uh, right clip. Back to the starting lineup on 98.9
4: The Game. Air Try Sports Center update. St. Louis Blues are coming off a 4-2 win against Chicago. And they'll take on the wild tonight. Blues have won at three of their last four. Tonight's game starts at 7 o'clock. Missouri Tigers go for their third win in a row when they visit the Pitt Panthers tonight. Tonight's game tips off at 6.30. St. Louis Billikins are back in action. They host Utah State tonight. Starts at 7 o'clock. College basketball action from yesterday. Lindenwood lost to Utah Tech, 73 66. Western Illinois fell to Wisconsin, 71 49. Today, Eastern Illinois visits number six Kansas. Travis, tough one for EIU there. And SAU Eversville welcomes Missouri Baptist. The Bulls will wrap up the group stage of the NBA in season tournament when they visit the Boston Celtics at TD Gardens tonight. Chicago is on a four game losing streak after falling to Brooklyn, 118 109 on Sunday. Bulls are now 13th in the Eastern Conference, 5 and 13. Tonight's game tips off at 6.30. Blackhawks will look to end their three-game stand with a game against Seattle Kraken. The United Center tonight. Tonight's game tips off 7.30. Don't know who I'm pulling for in that one. A member of the New Orleans Pelicans starting five is nearing a return to game action. The Athletic reports that C.J. McCollum is aiming to return to the court at home Wednesday night against 76ers or on Friday against the Spurs. McCollum has missed a dozen games since suffering a collapsed lung on November 4th in a game against the Hawks.
3: Welcome back in into the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry over there with the uh, Center hits. There. All right, so it's a Tuesday, so that means we have to uh, talk about uh, some Illini and uh, recap the uh, what happened the week prior. And on a uh, Saturday, the Illinois season for 2023 has come to a disappointing. Uh, frustrating, I think was one of the words that coach Bielema, uh, used, uh, over and over in his, uh, post game presser, but the uh, season is over. Our misery has come to an end and we are not going bowling as we lost to Northwestern mentioned it on my top three yesterday, mm-hmm. but 45 to 43, was the, uh, final there on a Saturday, uh, Patrick tried to lead us to another comeback, there but uh two-point conversion there is not converted as uh look i i, I did see again on x sometimes the algorithm you see what you want to see yeah. and um i did see some people talking about the officials and whatnot but the officials are not always out to get us mm-hmm. you could say ohio state versus the world michigan versus everybody but right the officials are not always against illinois I do think that the contact was a little early on that two-point conversion before the tip even happened off the helmet. But it's neither here nor there. They didn't convert, and that would have been forcing overtime anyways. And who's to say Northwestern wouldn't have scored a touchdown and won anyways. So, um, unfortunately, uh, year three here for our Coach Bielema, we take a step back, and we ended up losing and we end up with a losing record, five and seven, and uh, to be quite frank and to be honest, I'm more optimistic than anyone. You are I'm definitely the most optimistic Illini fan on this show. Yep. But one and five in the Big Ten West in the worst division in Power Five D1 football is pathetic. And taking a step back after starting off last year seven and one. We're six and eleven cents. that seven and one start and only go one and five in the Big Ten West this year. It's pathetic. And I'm glad the season is over. And I'm glad the season is done. Mm-hmm. And we uh, had too many fumbled opportunities there against the Northwestern. 24 points they scored off line Illini turnovers. At one point there, they fumbled away. Isaiah muffed a punt, and then uh, they scored really quickly, and then they turned around and we fumbled the kickoff, and they took it back for a touchdown. So two touchdowns scored in nine seconds there for Northwestern. Uh, there, so uh, if you want to blame the officials, go right ahead. But we fumbled it, and we mm-hmm. fumbled it away. We've fumbled it away for the past two years, mm-hmm. and, and now the Big Ten is going to get tougher.
4: It is going to get tougher. Now, Travis, are you ready to hear what I have to say about this? Sure. This season was very disappointing. hmm But I think Illinois is in a decent spot. A decent spot. A decent spot. I think Coach Bielema is the right guy for the job. Here's why. Do they have a losing record? Yes. But how many games were they in where it's a possession or two of mistakes that cost Illinois? Almost every game. Mm-hmm. And we talked about their wins and their margin of victory and their wins being 15 points. You take out the one blowout, their margin of Defeat isn't that bad. Uh, I mean,
3: the game made me a little closer than the final score. I don't remember that Purdue game. I tried to block yeah, it out. Yeah. That was a blowout.
4: Yep, that one I'm Penn saying. Penn State
3: a blowout. blowout. Yep. Kansas blowout, though. So that's three blowouts. Wisconsin, you only lost by four. Uh, Iowa, you only lost by two there in that mm-hmm. final possession. Mm-hmm. Nebraska was pretty putrid 20 to 7. Yeah. The margin of victory last or the margin of loss last year was a lot closer.
4: But again, last year was a better team top to bottom. It was oh, a better coach sure. team top to bottom. Yeah, that's for sure. The loss of the D coordinator, Walters, was a huge thing. Oh yeah. That it I think was. everyone tried to sweep under the rug
3: mm-hmm. and
4: say it wasn't gonna affect them, and it did. Oh yeah. There is no one out there who's better right now that we could go higher to be the head coach of this team. Yeah, I agree. So the people saying, myself included, to get rid of Coach B, you just need to sit on it. Illinois has already had some victories in recruiting. They just recruited a four-star athlete to be on offensive the O-line. Climbing, yep. And Travis, in 2019, the o went four and seven. All right. That year, they still had their entire offensive line get drafted to the NFL. Mm-hmm. There is talent At Illinois, they find talent. It's just getting it to all click on the field. And will it be harder next year? Yes. But I still think that there are positives to take away from this season and from this team. And I'm not ready to give up on it yet. Mm -hmm. I'm close, but I'm not ready to give up on it yet.
3: Um, Coach Biam also said, at the very end of the press conference or at the in the end of the end of the year conference, uh, said that they'd have to have some hard conversations and some hard looks at uh, coach uh, Aaron Henry for the defensive coordinator uh, there. So I would expect some uh, potential movement there. I don't think that Coach Henry is a bad positional coach. I just don't know if he's the right guy as a defensive coordinator. Uh, maybe kind of gloss over the fact that we hired Coach Leonard uh, there a while back to be a special assistant, so he wasn't able to travel with the team or whatnot. He was only to game plan and whatnot. So we could potentially have a D coordinator already in the building if he wants to take over next year. But it um, uh, all depends on his family life and whatnot.
4: One last thing. In his first three seasons, Coach Bielma is 18-18. That's better than Lovey Smith, Tim Beckman, Ron Zook, and Ron Turner.
3: Yeah. Lovey Smith's uh, overall record was 17 and 39 here at Illinois. He was and 9 and
4: 27 in his
3: first three years. He was 10 and 33 in the Big 10. Yeah. So to put that all in perspective mm-hmm. there folks. So uh but unfortunately the Illinois football season uh comes to a close uh there. So uh disappointing end to a yeah. My expectations may have been a little bit too high, but they were. We should have not have finished with a losing record uh, there, but yeah, season's over and we move on onward and upward uh, there, I guess. So uh, we'll uh, be up against the clock, but we'll uh, come back and we'll hit up on uh, some more uh, Illinois athletics. Put up on uh, some uh, college basketball, and we may have still more stuff to say about uh, Illinois football coming up in uh, the uh, podcast. But uh, for now, we will uh, we'll be back with Illinois, more Illinois athletics on the way.
1: The starting lineup from 98 9, the Game Studios. We'll be right back.
6: Hey, son, how are you feeling?
1: Uh, I'm fine, Pops.
6: <sighs> What's on your mind?
1: I just. I can't explain it. I'm not
5: team, Eyes waiting, started to wonder. Metamorphosis, loss of who you thought you
0: When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at
3: sounditouttogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures.
0: Our Congressman, Mike Bost, a steadfast conservative. Mike voted for the Secure the Border Act to increase the number of Border Patrol agents and complete the border wall. A budget hawk who has saved taxpayers by voting against a $1.4 trillion debt limit increase. Vost reins in out-of-control spending to secure a stronger future for our families. Mike Vost stands with our farmers to take on the Biden administration's Waters of the U.S. policies that would put family farms out of business an advocate for Southern Illinois families. Mike Bost voted for the Parents' Bill of Rights Act so parents have a say in their children's education. A leader, Mike introduced a law ensuring veterans who appeal for their benefits get them more quickly. Congressman Mike Bost, Southern Illinois' conservative leader who gets results. Paid for by official funds authorized by the House of Representatives.
3: And now, so, we teased it, all show Eric, break the news. Eric, are you there, my friend? The starting lineup. Okay, we have, uh, has uh, left the call, so we have dropped Eric. So, unfortunately, we will uh, have to stick around next week. On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on on The Game. Only here on on The Game, which is a, a smidge a bit uh, longer. But uh, let's uh, close out quickly here with the uh, Fighting Illini basketball team and uh, some college basketball tonight. Uh, the Illini, they won over the Leathernecks of Western Illinois, 84-52. to uh, 52. Seems so long ago on a Friday. Uh, there, Terrence Shannon Jr., Ended up leading the team in scoring there. three of the five starters. It was nice to see. there are in double figures. Shannon Jr. with 19. Dane Danger with a nice game as he pulled out eight rebounds uh, but had 16 points. It was a double-double for Gayer as he had 10 points and 15 boards. Also four blocks in the game as well. And had a nice performances from Gibbs Longhorn and Luke Goody off the uh, bench there making those three threes for Goody uh, there so uh, you know I thought Illinois looked uh, pretty decent there against Western Illinois compared to the other non-conference games that we've had this season and uh, that obviously got the attention of some voters and uh, Illinois back in the top 25 and number 24 there and they don't have a, a game until Saturday as that'll be at the rack against rutgers there for the first big 10 game of the season and that'll be a three o'clock tip two o'clock pregame show right here on a 98.9 here on a saturday and uh, some college basketball uh, tonight i know eric loves this it's the uh, SEC, uh, ACC uh, Challenge starting off uh, Tonight and it's all getting started On ESPN, Yeah, LSU and Syracuse uh, Top 25 matchup Between number 8, Miami And number 12, Kentucky at 630 Mizzou's against Pitt NC State, Ole Miss And Clemson against number 23, Alabama Concludes the night on ESPN So a lot of college basketball Action on ESPN, ESPN2 ESPN U. That's how, that's how good Missouri is. They're on ESPN U tonight. They're not even on ESPN2 or anything like that. And then, of course, uh, like Eric mentioned in a sports center hit, EIU going to make that trip to Allen Fieldhouse to take on the Jayhawks, who's coming off that uh, loss in the Maui tournament. I'm sure they want some revenge on their mind. Uh, Purdue, they're against Texas Southern, and Marquette, they're against the Southern uh, tonight there. Uh, but uh, coming up in the uh, podcast, still got more stuff to uh, say about Illinois football and uh, still got whatever else we can get to here in the uh, podcast. So stick around for that. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio is uh, Carlin versus Joe. Following that is uh, Harry and uh, Freddie. And, and then later on tonight, Cumberland, Altima on Jack FM and WCRA. So looking forward to that. Enjoy the rest of your day. Welcome into overtime of the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, still here with you. And uh, coming up here in overtime, we got some more uh, stuff to uh, hit up on. Some random news and uh, notes to get to. We also got some uh, baseball to hit up on. We got uh, this date in uh, sports history. And I still got one more thing to uh, say about Illinois football. And talking, but this is really kind of a trick about other another coach in college football as well. Mm. So that's coming up.
4: I look forward to that. And before we get to any of that, is there anything on sports anything that you want to hit home on? Yes, the Minnesota Wild have moved on from their head coach, Dean Evason, is being relieved of his duties and John Haynes will take over starting tonight when the Wild play the Blues. Ah, nice. Yes. So
3: blues need to capitalize. They do. On a team that fire their coach.
4: The NHL, Travis, is also adding a new feature to NHL All-Star Weekend this season. As part of the new three-day event, NHL All-Star Thursday will be headlined by the league's first All-Star player draft in nearly a decade. Four All-Star captains, along with celebrity captain partners, will draft teams for Saturday's All-Star game live in front of fans at Scotia Arena in Toronto. All-Star Weekend will begin February 1st, 2024. The event will mark the first time since 2000 that Toronto has hosted the All-Star festivities. Hmm. Uh, Sonny Gray had his introductory press conference yesterday, Travis, and he said that St. Louis was where he always wanted to be.
3: That's right. Also, and, he talked
4: to Adam Wainwright about it. Yep, introductory
3: press conference yesterday. Mm-hmm. He even brought a baseball. He did. He did. So that was... Fun.
4: Uh, Sports Illustrated says it has deleted several articles from its website after publishing them under fake names and author headshots created by artificial intelligence. The existence of the articles was revealed in a report from Futurism, which couldn't find any evidence of the author's existence and found the headshots for sale on digital marketplaces. A spokesperson for the Arena Group, which operates Sports Illustrated, says the deleted articles were product reviews created by a third-party company and that they have ended that partnership. Yeah. Travis, we're going to talk about bowl season, because whichever team Travis wins the Pop Tarts Bowl this year will get to eat the mascot. Yes, that's right. You don't know which football teams will compete in the December 20th game in Orlando, but whichever is on top will get a large toaster treat mascot. It's edible. The first edible mascot in bowl history. This will nice. be the first year for the Pop-Tarts sponsorship of the bowl game, which started in 1990 as the Blockbuster Bowl before moving on to the Visit Florida Tangerine Bowl, the Champs Sports Bowl, the Russell Athletic Bowl, and the Cheez-It Bowl. Mm. Travis, most of those companies are out of business Yeah, I was going to say. So maybe this is the Cursed Bowl as a corporate ah. bowl to sponsor. So yeah. Pop-Tarts, look out. No. On the way, on the way. Uh, very cool. Yes. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, the Red Wings are signing Patrick Kane. The Red Wings? The Red Wings have signed Patrick Kane, yes. Doing your deal. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Tiger Woods says that he's rusty but not hurting before he makes his return to golf in the Bahamas. He also backs the PGA Tour PIF deal but says the future is murky. Murky. Um, The owner stands by the Panthers' decision to pick Bryce Young as their quarterback. An injury may sideline Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. So, just as they were gaining momentum, it looks like Jonathan Taylor may be sidelined. And, Travis, there is going to be baseball in Oakland. There is. As Oakland area fans start, the Oakland Ballers, it's an independent baseball team, It is going to... Be part of the Pioneer League. Starting this summer, they're going to wear the same green and gold as the A's, but they're going to be the Ballers or the Oakland B's because <laughs> B B's. instead of A. Yes. I it's you. founded by Paul Friedman and Brian Carmel, who said they've hired former Seattle Mariners manager Don Wakamatsu, who went to high school in nearby Hayward, California, as executive vice president of baseball operations, and Travis Micah Franklin, former mm-hmm. St. Louis Cardinal outfielder, He's going to be the manager. Really? Yes. Nice. So this is by the fans, for the fans They came up with this. Yes, yes. So um, they raised $2 million to help fund operations and expand the seating of Elaney College, which is Oakland Junior College, where the Bees will play. Mm. But still baseball. Yep,
3: yep. Can't complain about that. Yeah, hey,
4: I I think that's a a great – Great idea. So I dig it. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the owners said, quote, we're not here to replace what we lost. We mourn what we lost. What we're here to do is say there's a tradition in Oakland. We get to continue that. We believe that the when Oaklanders come together, nothing will stop us. We're by Oakland. We're for Oakland. We're not going to leave Oakland. So <laughs> there you go. There will be baseball in Oakland. Just not major league. No. Uh-uh. Pioneer League, which is the league itself is affiliated with the MLB, but yeah the teams themselves are not. So right. The Oakland Ballers. The Ballers. Hmm. Don't you want to be a baller, a shot caller? Sure. Sure. But not in Oakland. No.
3: Not Travis. It's sports. Center. That's your sports center. All right. Very well. Is that what you wanted to get to for baseball? No, I have more baseball stuff. Yep. All right. You got any more hot stove?
4: I do have some hot stove, stove. yes. That's what I was what I was getting at, Travis. Okay. And just the day after the Cardinals made it official with Sonny Gray, it appears that two NL Central teams are going duke for Duke for another starting pitcher. Oh yeah. Are fighting it out over Shane Pieber. Ooh, both teams in on Shane Bieber. Both teams also in on Tyler Glasnow. Now reports are that both teams have moved on because the Glasnow market has gotten really, really crowded. Apparently, a lot of teams in there, so they're trying to angle for Shane Bieber.
3: Hmm. Shane Bieber would definitely be a nice addition. Nice addition to have. The
4: Reds are a little surprising for me, but they must be looking at. The NL Central, just like I said, the Cubs shouldn't say it's wide open for anyone to grab. Mm. So,
3: Yeah, they definitely should have realized that they saw what they could have been. They mm-hmm. had a potential to be something, but mm-hmm. they just kind of faltered before it was time to make some moves.
4: Also, Travis, on the uh, Blue Jays front, remember how we, we had talked last week about there were rumblings about Bo and Chicago? Mm-hmm. Well, now it f- seems that the Blue Jays have also been fielding calls for Mr. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Really? So, mm. take that for what you will, but there is a certain team in Chicago that could really use a first baseman. Mm. So, I don't know if the Cubs opened those talks and they were reciprocated by the Blue Jays, or if the Blue Jays are opening up to everyone, I don't know, but... I found that very interesting that the Cubs we know were in discussions with the Blue Jays, and now suddenly Vlad Guerrero's out there too, and the yeah. Cubs need a first baseman badly. Hmm. So,
3: Man, Vlad Guerrero Jr. floated out there, Boba What's wrong with Toronto? They must be rebuilding
4: time. <sighs> they just made the playoffs again. Yeah, rebuild time. They're probably thinking the Yankees are going to get two top free agents. Mm-hmm. They're... From everything I've read, Travis, the Yankees are going in with the mindset of we're going to get two of the three of Soto, Bellinger, and Yamamoto. We're getting two of the three. Hmm. And that's what they're planning on this entire offseason is getting two of those three. So if they do that, they're going to be up there. The Orioles we've talked about are not getting any worse. Yeah. So maybe if you're Toronto. And the D-backs, or the, the... Rays seem to always find a way to get into the playoffs no matter what happens to them. Yeah. So, if I'm the Blue Jays, maybe it is time. I mean, Vlad's not getting any younger. He's not a spring chicken. I think he's 30, which in baseball terms, especially first-base power hitter, is kind of getting up there. Junior
3: uh old junior is a not a spring chicken according to eric but he is 24 years of age okay well i
4: was wrong on that one (laughs) i'll take the l in that one Hmm. so he's pretty young uh he is so that one is a little surprising for me but maybe they don't want to pay him when his when his contract comes out that was just reported um just a couple hours ago so Hmm. that is kind of a developing thing And then, not hot stove-related, Travis, but baseball-related. Did you hear the story about Andre Dawson? I did not, no. So, Andre Dawson went into the Baseball Hall of Fame, but when he went in, they did not give him an option for his cap. Hmm. So, he is an expo in the Hall of Fame. He has since written a letter and petitioned Major League Baseball Hall of Fame to change it to the Cubs. Really? And he said, quote... I realize there will probably be some backlash, but at this point, I'm 70 years old. Do you really think I care? (laughs) No. Right there. Give him what he wants. I mean, he's more known as a cub. Yeah. won an MVP with the Cubs.
3: And it's weird that they didn't give him him the option. option. No. Because usually they do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with whoever, whatever the guy wants to wear. But it should be that guy's choice. It should be his choice, yeah.
4: So, um... And the fact he has to write a letter to the Baseball Hall of Fame to get them to change it is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He should be like, "Hey, I'm a Hall of Famer, and I'd like a change, please." Right? Like, exactly. Instead, we got to do an aggressive letter writing campaign. Hmm. Interesting. So there you go. That's uh, that's it on the baseball front right now. Oh. That's nothing. It. Nothing new to report. Uh, still looking for more free agents and people who are going to sign nothing, nothing today.
3: But, uh, you know, I saw this, uh, clip from, uh, Sonny Gray talking about, uh, why he chose to go to the Cardinals. And I thought that he's just wearing a normal jacket. Uh, but I thought he was wearing like a robe or something in oh. this, uh, thing that he was on MLB network. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's just a jacket. Oh. I thought I was a little bit more funny. I was like, ah, I love this guy. Look at him, but now nah, just a normal, uh-huh, normal, uh, normal uh, attire
4: jacket yep. for this time of year. By the so. way, Yamamoto just won his third straight NPB Pacific League MVP. I know he joins Ichiro and Hayashi Yamamata as the only players to win the award in three straight years. Yeah. So. Be a good fit for the Cardinals. Too bad you are out of money. Hmm. Unless you're looking to trade people. Which we very well could. Could. Very well could.
3: So.
4: <coughs> I'm not saying you couldn't.
3: Yeah, and I also listened to this uh, one rant that uh, was in St. Louis on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. This uh, guy on the opening drive for. Uh, randy mm-hmm. um not loving the signing of Sunny gray a waste of money he says mm. talking about pitching in the heat of st louis and all this and that and i don't think it's quite as bad as you made it out to no me, but no not just the heat but just the signing of sonny gray in general but another guy that Mo always said in these press conferences of just like Lynn and Gibson, they wanted to be here, and it sounds like Sonny also wanted to be here.
4: So well, and here's right the there. other thing, Travis. What do all three of them have in common? What do they have? They in throw common? good breaking balls. Hmm. There you go. The trend that's sweeping baseball
3: yeah and I mean, I've mentioned it as well, like even though i don't I didn't love that for some reason the Cardinals are out in front of this and signing three players before anyone nearly everyone has signed. The only one that signed is Nola, who wasn't gonna leave Philly anyways, but the Cardinals said exactly what they were going to do. they said they were gonna get two and a half the three starters. They did that. Mm -hmm. They said that they had a position of need of getting quality starts. That's what Sonny Gray brings to you as well. And uh, they needed uh, guys that eight innings. Gibson and Lynn both do that. How well they do it, that's up for a debate. Right. But they said what they were going to do and a position of need and a position of weakness, they said, well, Exactly, and they did exactly what they were set out to do this off season, and uh, you still complain about it.
4: Are you a little concerned, or does it matter at all about giving up draft pick for Sonny Gray? Second straight year you've had to give up a comp pick. No, hmm. I didn't think so, but just wanted to. No, up.
3: there's way too many rounds in the MLB draft for that to matter too much. So. I don't mind it. Okay. But people can never be satisfied. These things. That is true. Uh, Well, speaking of that, uh, I was going to save. I'll save this date in uh, sports history for uh, later, but I was going to continue my. Illinois football takes here in the pod. And one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this up was because uh, I know that we were kind of condensed on our conversation about this and the end of the season there for Illinois. But that was not how I thought the conversation was going to go. I know. I was fully prepared for you to be waiting and to be the first person to sign the petition for Coach Bielema to get fired.
4: I Travis, when I came in here this morning, I'm saying early this morning, I was, and then I started doing some research, and I'm like, who's who's the next best guy?
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Who are you going to go out and get?
3: Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's you could tough. You can always get
4: someone from a lower tier, a successful lower tier program to sign up because it would be the Big Ten, but the coaches know what they're walking into next year.
3: Mm-hmm. Right, and it's tough. you know. It is only year three. Yeah. And he did regress this year, and the road is going to get tougher. But And that's not going to be on Bielema, really. But it's tough in college. You're trying to build something here Well, and to
4: start over after year three. And it's tough with the transfer rules. Because every time you think you could be building something and you bring in a great recruited guy – Mm -hmm. they can just leave at a moment's notice because they don't like their playing time. Yeah. So there's really no room to grow. I mean, I feel it more on the basketball side than the football side. I think basketball is harder because there's only five guys out on the court at any one time, Mm -hmm. but I think it still affects football that any highly touted, like it used to be, you could get a five-star prospect to sign and then you could redshirt him for a year and have an extra year of eligibility with him If the team wasn't quite ready, but it was really close Mm -hmm. and you could kind of stockpile all your guys and even the sophomores who were good, like you kind of stockpile guys for a couple of years by redshirting them. Mm -hmm. Can't do that now. Guys will leave. Right. They'll just straight leave. Yeah. And NIL and transfer has made that possible.
3: Yeah. Where you can't
4: build a program. Mm -hmm. You just have to go for this year. I can't look at what next year is because half the roster I have this year may not be here next year. Right. And so I have always said, ever since I became a sports fan, I feel you have to give a college coach a recruiting class. As in, when they take over, that freshman class reaches senior before you do anything with them. Because that gives them four years to get their guys in and get the old guys out. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, do I think that has sped up a little bit because of the transfers? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. But not by much. I think you still got to give a coach three to four years before you can pull the plug on him and say this isn't working. How do you know it's not his guys yet?
5: Mm
3: -hmm. Not
4: at every position. Yeah. And you have guys who haven't bought into the concept. Mm -hmm. But in today's college sports world, it's what have you done for me lately, not what you're going to do tomorrow
3: yeah yeah definitely and uh so uh you know coach b closed out year three and i think that if you have another season like you did this year i know that you're gonna come in the next season with kind of lower tempered expectations and whatnot but uh if it doesn't get any better that's when we can start to look at well maybe we need to make some wholesale changes And whatnot. And if there's not anything, one thing to point to uh, positive in that direction, then maybe we need to look at where we're headed as a school and as a program. Uh, Obviously, it's going to get tougher with the addition of those four teams Mm -hmm. from the Pac 12. What I'm interested to see this off season is our who's going to be the quarterback next season. Mm-hmm. Is Altmaier going to stick around? Uh, Paddock is eligible for another year of eligibility, but he's going to have to get an exemption from the NCAA, right. just like uh, Tommy DeVito tried to do, but it was denied. Mm-hmm. So uh, DeVito obviously now in the NFL, thriving. Yeah. In New York, but I would like it if Paddock comes back and uh, for a full year and a full off season. As the guy, because without him, we don't win the Minnesota game, we don't win the Indiana game, and we're not in the game uh, on Saturday either. Mm-hmm. So, but that could be a little difficult there if he doesn't come back. Or so. you look at the transfer. Yeah, it's semi-successful with the veto, but uh, if Altmaier leaves,
4: it's it wasn't successful then this year. But it varies player by player. That's the thing with the transfer. Yeah, you can't base. Oh, we're never going to transfer again because I mean, because it's the same thing about Illinois basketball. Yeah, transferring last year did not work for the Illini. It it just wasn't the right fit. Mm-hmm. This year, hopefully, is better. That transfer window helps us. Those players who transferred have another year to grow. Yeah, I I think if there is a star player that is interested in coming to Illinois. Because they want to play against better competition. Because maybe not so much on the offensive side, Travis. But on the defensive side, Illinois is getting ready to have two straight years of top 15 picks. Mm -hmm. At best, two straight years of top 10 picks. Right. That goes a long way for a defensive player who maybe is unhappy where they're at. Right. And wanting to transfer in. Illinois is starting to get a reputation of having good defensive players get drafted to the NFL. And if Mm -hmm. Newton strives, just like Witherspoon has, then it's even better for Illinois.
5: Yeah,
3: And
4: if Tommy DeVito can strive, even though he didn't get drafted, that's another little chink in the cap for Illinois. Mm -hmm. Right. So it becomes attractive, even if the team isn't great, to get these players here that are good players who want to be here. Because maybe they want to play a step up in competition. Maybe they want to show off for NFL scouts because NFL scouts are at NF, at these games. Because maybe they're scouting the other team, mm. but you put on an impressive performance. Right. I I don't think it is. I'm, as an Illinois fan, Travis, I'm going to put something I saw on X. Okay? Mm-hmm. basketball into the 2023 football season has been the most frustrating as an Illinois fan. Not the worst, but the most frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a perfect statement. Yeah, These teams, the, the basketball team last year and the football team this year were not bad teams. But they were frustrating because we expected more out of them.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Right. It goes back to setting the culture. Mm-hmm. You, I've, t- I talked about it with the Cubs. You know when the Cubs were getting rid of everybody and they were down at the bottom of of baseball. I said that's not your what's expected anymore. It has gotten raised.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Same thing with Illinois basketball after Kofi and I and stuff like that. It got raised. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Illinois football after last year. The expectations got raised. You have to meet them now. 500 is not good enough anymore. Right. And I think that's why this year felt like such a big defeat because we didn't even get to 500. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's just because the expectations have changed. Right.
3: Being an Illinois fan is crazy. We're realistic, but we're also irrational at the same time. Yep. And whatnot. And that speaks to my point here that I was uh, going to make. Why I bring up football again here is because of where we are with expectations here at Illinois and expectations elsewhere. Because while I saw my team, my university that I cheer for, that I live and die for, for Illinois and Illinois Athletics, I watched them fumble their chances away at the Lincoln Land Trophy at a bowl game, and watch our team finish at 5-7 and seven and 1-5 and five in the worst division in Power 5 conference football. I see that on a Saturday in the game, Michigan and Ohio State, Michigan won. They've won the game now three years in a row. And it gets brought up that Ryan Day is now 1-3 against the Wolverines. Mm-hmm. And some people I, I saw... Ryan Day is on the hot seat. He should feel a little bit uncomfortable there at Ohio State. Are you kidding me? Ryan Day is 56-7 and overall record. He has only lost three Big Ten games. All three are to Michigan. And granted, that's a whole other animal. Yes. The rival. I get it. One and three in the game. But give me a break. Like, uh, they have two Big Ten championships and they have three college football playoff appearances. Like I know that, you know, they haven't done much once they got to the college football playoff and they haven't won any national championships during that time, but at least that they're there. That's at least in their conversation. I wish that I could be so spoiled, so entitled that my university could be fifty six and seven overall record for a coach and say, Well, he should be fired. He's on the hot seat. He should be watching out for his job. Yep. Like, I would give multiple parts of my body for a coach like Ryan Day, and you're going to get rid of him just because he can't be your rival? He lost three straight. Guess what? Ohio State won eight straight not too long ago against Michigan, and Coach Harbaugh couldn't win against the Buckeyes either. But he stuck around. He's doing just fine. But 56-7, and he's on the hot seat?
4: Yeah, right. But – But, Travis, you said Coach Harbaugh lost eight straight, and he stuck around. He was on the hot seat, too. There were years where we were saying, is he going to last because he can't beat Ohio State? Yeah. So, this is what this, these two teams, as dumb as this sounds, would each go one and nine as long as that one was beating the other team. That's their yeah. that's their game of the year. They don't care about anything else. Everything else is gravy. If you yeah. lose that game, it does not matter. Ohio State could still go out and win the national championship this year. But
3: they didn't win the
4: game. But they didn't win the game, so he's on the hot seat. Ugh. Because that's the way it's looked at. That means more than anything else to those two programs.
5: Hmm. What ridiculous. I wish,
4: Travis... You said you wish you had a coach like that. I wish we had a rivalry that we could get up for like that. Yeah, that's what I wish we had on the football side of things. I wish and to there was be fair. Not a lot of teams do. N- no, but a fair amount do. Mm-hmm. You know, you you think of the Iron Bowl. Yeah. And and you think of you now know. Rivalry runs deep. Georgia, Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma. Texas, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, like uh, yeah. Cal and Stanford, you know, oh, yeah. with the band down the field. Like, mm-hmm. Illinois doesn't have that. No, they really we don't. We don't have those rivalries. Texas no. Tech and Texas. Like, mm-hmm. we don't have those rivalries. Yeah, we don't. We try to make them rivalries. You know, we give trophies and awards and try to make it mean something. Mm -hmm. But it's not the same. Yeah, no. There's another level. Yeah. And I wish we could be at a program that had that other level Mm
5: -hmm. to
4: where it was game week and that's all you got amped up for for that week. Right. Because that was life or death. That mattered more than anything else. Mm
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Because it was your hated rival. Right. And we don't have that. We used no. to, the closest we used to get, Travis, I would say maybe would be in basketball. Maybe Indiana. Mm hmm. Iowa.
3: You know, if Iowa's really been kind of, how long that rivalry has really kind of been going on? It's been on, so hot and cold. It does,
4: yeah. Purdue, maybe. Yeah, on the basketball court, but football, nothing because we haven't been good
3: yeah uh football we've we still play for a trophy and it's kind of gotten an extra layer with coach walters now over there and taking so many assistants but again and whatnot with them both
4: teams have to be good for it to really matter yeah the reason why the ohio state michigan rivalry i feel is so big is because back before the playoff the winner of this game was getting to a national championship or getting to the rose bowl Mm-hmm. That's why it mattered so much. Yeah. Because there wasn't a Big Ten title game, there wasn't a playoff. There was the BCS, and you knew you had to win as much as you could to have a, even a chance at that. Mm-hmm. Or you were going to the Rose Bowl as the Big Ten representative. Yep. And you couldn't do that unless you beat every big ten team. And nine times out of ten, the two best Big Ten teams were Ohio State. And Michigan, minus a few years where maybe you'd throw Wisconsin in there. Illinois would sneak in a year or two. But consistently, Ohio State and Michigan were the two best. Mm-hmm. That's why it meant so much. Yeah. Throw Penn State in there. Penn State in there, yes. I knew I was forgetting one. Thank you. Mm. Iowa, when they can score more than 20 <laughs> points. But they can't even do that. Now, now Travis, I, I do have a question for you. Uh-huh. Before we before we wrap up on Illinois. Yep. I know you 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 feel a little a little upset about this football season. Mhm. Do you feel more confident though heading into next season than you did the 2021 season? Coach Beelman's first year, they finished 5 and 7 as well. Had right. some nice-looking wins where we beat Penn State in nine overtimes. And we mm-hmm. beat a ranked Minnesota team. Yeah. I remember that. But record-wise, we're the same. The same.
3: I mean, yeah, I think it feels a little bit differently since it's in year three versus year one. So I think that they feel different. So I don't really have too many optimistic Aspirations like I did in um,
4: 2021. But is that based on the play on the field or based on what we know is coming in 2024? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Because but... that's unfair. Because we didn't know those changes were coming in 2021 into 2022. Hmm. Yeah. Let me ask you another question. Are you more optimistic about this team than the 2019 Illinois team? Which... Lovey was still coaching, made yeah. a bowl game, uh-huh. won six games, uh-huh. but we felt we were awful. Right. Do you feel more optimistic about this team than that team? Because I'll say I do. Um, I mean, I,
3: I was probably more optimistic then just because we came off a bowl and no matter how we looked. We lost a count. We're well, we going turn it around. We're turning this thing around. We're turning the ship around. We also
4: had a game that year where we beat Purdue, who was two and six. We beat them twenty-four to six, and we threw for twenty-six yards. <laughs> yeah, three for six for that twenty-six was... yards with Brandon Peters when Dre Brown was our leading rusher. Brandon Peters and Reggie Corbin. Reggie Corbin had yep. twelve carries for forty-seven yards. I definitely remember Corbin, bub, and Juice Williams. Justice
5: Williams. Yeah. The the point. Yeah, I'm that's, a, that's
3: another thing that's gonna be. It's gonna hurt us uh, more than likely. Isaiah Williams does have. He's a, only a junior, so he could come back for his senior season. But he did go through uh, senior day, senior day yeah. activities. So, it usually signals that he is. May have played his last game there. Yep. And also, he threw a touchdown pass as well. So, mm. started out as a quarterback, made that switch yep. to wide receiver, and then it's just apropos that you go through senior day activities, and then you also throw a touchdown in the game. So, I think that it ends his Perhaps, career yeah. on, a, on yeah. a high note. I agree. So, unfortunately. But he would be a great player to have back. Yep. Even though he muffed that punt. <laughs> Valid.
4: About <laughs> that punt in the Indiana game too. Maybe you shouldn't have had him back there retreating. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. All right, but, Travis for Sports History. Yeah. We'll wrap this thing up. Yeah, let's get out of here. On this day in 1992, Reggie Miller went off for fifty-seven points to an Indiana team record as the Pacers beat the Charlotte Hornets 134 to 122. And on this day in 2014, West Kentucky and Marshall set an NCAA record for the most combined touchdown passes in the game with 15. West Kentucky won the shootout 67 to 66. Mm. 15 touchdown passes in the game. That is. I like that. Yeah. High scoring. That's what we need. I would say so. That's what Illinois needs, Travis. We need to bring in one of those old school Big 12 coaches who says, ah, defense doesn't matter. Yeah, but we just put two players in the NFL. Ah, defense doesn't matter. We're going to go out and put up 70 every game. <laughs> yeah. We're going to throw the ball 75 times a Graham Harold. <laughs> there you go.
3: That's college football.
4: That's how it used to be. It's yeah. not so much anymore.
3: That's the college
4: football that we need. That is.
3: The college football we deserve.
4: It's what we want. Exactly. Get us Michael Crabtree and Graham Harold, Travis. Let's mm-hmm. do it.
3: Well, if we ever get that video game... We could recreate that in video games.
4: Ugh. I'm working on it for Christmas, Travis. I'm working on it for Christmas. I mean, I think we'll get the the college football game.
3: Who knows? It's going to be a race. So if we get the college football game first or GTA 6. Ooh, that's true. I'm still not convinced. <laughs>
4: didn't well, they drop a trailer for that But
3: no. Oh, no I thought we were supposed to have a trailer so not. by now <laughs> but we only got a couple more days left uh, a couple more days yeah a couple yeah. more days left in November <laughs> better
5: get on it <laughs> uh,
3: but we can sit we and can. hope and wait uh, alright so I think that uh, does it for us here today on the uh, program and we'll be back tomorrow to uh, recap and talk about uh, that battle here at uh, Cromwell between Altima and uh, Cumberland later this evening. And recap all of the local sports action as well. So uh, that will wrap it up today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. Peace!